Chris Lee and Blaine Gilmer of Southeastern 14 here to preview Tennessee's trip to the Swamp. Vols unbeaten at 2-0, having beaten Austin P. State University in less than stellar fashion in Knoxville on Saturday. The Gators, after being fairly unimpressive in a road loss to Utah on a Thursday night two weeks ago, had a get-right game against McNeese State, and the Gators got right, winning that one in lopsided fashion. All right, this is the game that and I live in Nashville, got tons of Tennessee fan friends, and they all say the same thing. They, they, they just get the yips anytime Florida's brought up in the match in the swamp. That always makes this one interesting. And the computers and the odds makers see this one pretty close too. By the way, you can catch it on Saturday, 6 Central on ESPN. The Vols, according to Covers.com, as of Sunday afternoon, seven-point favorites on the road. ESPN's FPI, accounting for the home field advantage, has the Vols as a one-point favorite. SP Plus has the Vols as eight-point favorites. And Sagarin has Tennessee as a five-point favorite. Again, all those count three points for the home team. That averages up between those three computers and the spread have Tennessee as a five-point favorite. Everybody seems to see this as a close game. I'm, I'm not quite as sure about that. Yeah, Chris, I think part of the computers and people seeing this thing being closer as you and I were talking uh, off-air before, it just seems like Florida has some kind of mental edge here in this, in this rivalry. Uh, 16 of the last 18 games. And then last year, Tennessee had a phenomenal – Phenomenal year. One of the best years they've had in a long time, and Florida still almost came back and got that game in in uh, Rocky Top. So I, I'm interested to see how this one's going to turn out in the Swamp. Obviously, two teams uh, that are seem to be trending in different directions, but what better opportunity for Billy Napier and company than to try to beat a rival and try to get back on the right track? And then Tennessee, of course, uh, has a bad taste in their mouth after the Austin P just – Garbacle, I'll call it, as we uh, as we you know debuted on our live stream a couple couple nights ago. It, that, that was a garbacle because a lot of stuff went wrong in a short period of time. Yeah, that game sounded like I had a little chippy. Judging from Twitter, I was I think I was busy watching Alabama by that point. Uh, is that one got laid in the stages of, of the game or whoever else was on? But in any case, uh, enough of that. Let's talk about when Tennessee's got the ball against Florida's defense. Vols averaging 39.5 points a game. Florida giving up 15.5. Vols only turning it over 0.7% of the time. Florida forcing turnovers on 2.2% of snaps. Tennessee runs the ball 55% of the time, 6.5 yards per rushing play, which is actually better <laughs> than what it's getting through the air. 6.3 yards per passing play, subtracting sacks. Florida's defense, Blaine, been a little underrated, giving up 3.2 yards per rushing play, 5.4 per passing play. Now, look, context, McNeese State, and context for the Utah game. Utah got up early in that one and also did not have its starting quarterback. Uh, but but still, you've seen some teams flounder early against the soft underbelly of their schedule. So the, the Gators at least uh, getting it done on defense so far. 
Yeah, they really gave up that one big play, uh, first play of the game against Utah, and then it wasn't a whole lot of more explosive plays after that. It was kind of, you know, Utah just kind of death by a thousand cuts at certain points right there, just trying to be – uh, they're, they're pretty physical ball club and things like that. But Florida and, you know, Austin Armstrong over there, the new D.C. under Billy Napier, they, they've, they've acquitted themselves, you know, well defensively. They haven't, they haven't just absolutely, uh, you know, had been a train wreck over there. And they, they were losing, uh, you know, Boone, defensive edge rusher uh, early on, went down with a – Justice Boone went down with a knee injury, and so that hurt having to play some freshmen. They've had to insert some guys like Kelby Collins and, and people of that nature early on, even against a Utah team that they didn't necessarily maybe want to do early on. So that, that, that's a rough deal there. But when you talk about this Tennessee offense, Chris, you and I and, – and, Blake and everybody on the network here, we talk about all the time at the heart of it, Jake Crane, when he comes on with us, at the heart of it, Tennessee wants to run the football. They want to get to, they want to run the football. They want to get that tempo going. And then that's when the big strike comes. They weren't able to sustain drives. They were not very good on third down against Austin P. And then Austin P held the football on them. So it limited their possessions, even with the tempo that Tennessee goes with, limited their possessions. And they just had, totally out of sync Joe Milton would miss high or he would miss behind somebody and then when he did make a good throw the receivers would drop it Deontay Thornton had a couple of drops Brew McCoy had a ball that he would tell he would tell you that he should have caught I mean there there was several squirrel white had a drop there was there was lots of miscues in that passing game and then they also had some uh breakdowns in terms of pass protection so just not not a characteristic game of Tennessee under Josh Heupel in terms of that that passing offense, that passing attack, they still were running the football effectively against Austin P. And, of course, they did so against Virginia as well. So I wonder, can Florida effectively stop the run? Because we've seen anybody that has success, you look at Georgia last year, you look at South Carolina, anybody that had success against Tennessee last year, they stopped the run first, and then they were able to limit the chunk plays in the passing play by starting to make them one-dimensional so I think that's the key to it can Austin Armstrong who is a Nick Saban you know off the Nick Saban tree over there can he uh can he devise a scheme and can they be good enough up front even with some young players stepping in there to stop that Tennessee run game and, and really uh thwart their momentum early two things about Tennessee's offensive of note you mentioned Milton the accuracy issues have been something we've heard about for years but one thing I've kind of noticed with him, Blaine, if his receivers aren't catching the pass, nobody's catching it. Uh, it, it seems like he doesn't miss by a little bit. He misses a lot of times by a lot, uh, which isn't a bad thing. The other thing is, I guess, if they are close, he throws the ball so dang hard. I mean, look, that's sometimes that's why they're defensive backs and not receivers, right? Uh, if you can't catch the ball, you, you don't play receiver. So I think some of the accuracy issues that Milton's had don't really hurt Tennessee as much as you might think. And case in point, I still think he's yet to throw his first interception uh, since, what, 2021 at Tennessee. He threw a couple that year, I think, but I don't think he's thrown one since. Second of all, you, you mentioned Tennessee's rushing attack, balls. And again, the schedule's been light, but Tennessee ran the ball very well a year ago. It's got two backs in the top five of the SEC in rushing, Jalen Wright at two, 
And Jabari Small at five right is averaging 9.3 yards carry, Small 6.2. And, and by the way, Dylan Sampson, I think, led the Vols in yards per carry a year ago. He also gets time. Milton's mobile, so Tennessee's got plenty of guys to, to run the ball. Uh, the, the other thing that I don't think we talk about enough with Tennessee is the defense. I'm going to get into some numbers here. The Vols are giving up. 3.9 yards per running play, 3.9 yards per passing play. Again, schedule's been soft, I get it, but you've seen some teams underachieve in these give-me matchups so far, forcing turnovers on 2.2% of the snaps, and the Gators are averaging 5.8 yards per rushing play, 7.2 yards per passing play, turning it over just 0.7% of the time. I think if Florida's going to win the game, it's got to be Etienne and, and Johnson carrying a load like we thought before the year, uh, but Tennessee is one of the top teams in the country in terms of tackles of yards per loss. I don't know where they ranked this year. I think they led the SEC in that category a year ago, and you just got Tennessee players all over the stat sheet in terms of tackles for loss so far. James Pierce Jr., Tyler Barron, number one and two in the league in, in sacks. They actually tied at one. Uh, you've got Aaron Beasley a little down the list at six with a couple of sacks, uh, and those guys also on the tackle for loss sheet. That's a little bit long-winded, but that's a good way of saying Tennessee's defense has been disruptive early, uh, and Florida, what it wants to do is run the ball and control tempo, and, and I think however that goes is going to go a long way in determining what kind of game this is. Yeah, Tennessee is disruptive on defense. That's the I mean, if you had to say a word that described Tennessee's defense, it is disruptive. They they get into the backfield, they cause problems for the opposing team. You mentioned Beasley, Baron, Pierce. These are guys who are are great athletes that are have tremendous size uh and quickness and are able to, you know, utilize that to get into the backfield. You also have Wesley Walker, Amari Thomas. These are guys that have made plays in the backfield as well for Tennessee. They're going to make the stopping Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, you know, stopping those guys is going to be first and foremost, and they're going to try to make Graham Mertz beat them through the air. But I will say this. Graham Mertz uh, has acquitted himself nicely. I was, I was someone who – uh, was very skeptical uh, because of his background at, at Wisconsin. Um, he's completed 70, 73.8% of his passes. He he made some plays in that Utah game that were, you know, he, he maybe deserved a little better outcome at certain points in times. He, he didn't get a lot of help, uh, you know, up front at times. Four of five of the linemen were new starters going into that game. And that's a tough one to open up on the road at Utah. So they get the benefit of the home crowd. Maybe that'll help slow down that Tennessee uh, defensive front, you know, not, not getting the benefit of Rocky top, you know, yelling at Graham Mertz and, and causing problems with the, the operation of the, of the quarterback center exchange there with the snap and all that kind of stuff. But I think overall, this is going to be, can Florida run the ball just well enough, not get behind the change with those negative plays that Tennessee creates? Because if they do, Tennessee will give up some shot plays. As disruptive as they are, they will give up some shot plays on the back end, and they were not good enough in terms of their own standards of getting off the field on third down. Austin P uh, converted 50% of their of their third down opportunities also com uh, 
converted on a couple fourth downs, and that's how they ended up having 39 minutes of possession time in that game and really shortening that game against Tennessee. I think Florida will want to do the same type of recipe, but of course be a little bit more successful with putting points on the board than the governors were. So I think that's going to be the key. Can Florida get any kind of run game against a very disruptive Tennessee defensive front and then try to find who is going to be the receiver that steps up and makes plays. Nobody really separated themselves in that Utah game. Can somebody take advantage of a Tennessee secondary in this game in the swamp? Here's another couple of interesting things I've I've noticed here, Blaine. Florida only getting penalized 33 yards a game, Tennessee 62. Uh, Florida was, I don't know if it ended up the season as a least penalized team in the SEC, but it was close. That is a hallmark of Billy Napier's team. Something they want to do is avoid those penalties. And, and guess what? For Tennessee, it's going to be a little harder because you can have a lot of people down there yelling and making noise at night when Joe Milton's trying to get off a of play. And speaking of getting off plays, now I, I think this is sort of a small sample size fluke, but it's very interesting. Uh, Tennessee has averaged 75 snaps a game so far. Of course, the 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 slower clock rules and everything, the ball's still gutting off about as many plays as they were a year ago. That's a ton in this year. That Chris. is a ton. The, the Vols also seen 70 defensive snaps and Florida getting 70 offensive snaps. Florida's done a good job, though, keeping its defense off the field. Gators only seen 47 offense or excuse me, 47 defensive snaps on average this year. That is incredibly low. Now, I, I don't think that's going to happen against Tennessee. Only Tennessee is going to be in the 40s or even in the 50s so far. But that is one thing that you want to watch. I think Billy Napier would like that snap count for Tennessee's offense to be as, as low as it's possible in any coach would want that, of course. But that, that that is something interesting that just jumped off the page as I'm looking at the matchups, and that might be a key number in this one in Gainesville. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the pace of play in that Utah game actually benefited with Cam Rising not being there. It actually benefited Florida and kept that thing within striking distance where they were driving late to try to get in that thing and make it make it even closer than, than what it ended up being. So I think – you know, that was on the road, a tough environment, a very tough Kyle Whittingham team. Listen, that's ba- no matter how you slice it, I don't care if they didn't have Cam Rising or not. That's back to back conference champions over there uh, in the Pac 12, who Florida's already been a little bit battle tested, more battle tested, I would say, than Tennessee to this point. So I don't think they're going to be daunted, and I don't think they're going to be just out there thinking they're defeated beforehand because largely because of the maybe the psychological edge Florida just has in terms of this this rivalry as a whole. So, um, But, yeah, I, I think you're right. They're going to try to slow slow the pace of the game down. they got to try to extend drives and keep their defense off the field. Like you said, the best defense – against Tennessee is a good offense to keep them keep that ball out of Joe Milton's hands because uh, they are lightning in the bottle can score at any time. So I agree with you on that, Chris. All right. As we make our predictions, I'm going to go back and just kind of keep the same storyline I've had all off season. I, I, I thought Tennessee would win this game decisively coming into the season. I know Tennessee didn't look like gangbusters, Last week, I'm going to stick to that. I just don't think that when you get in a game like this where explosive plays are what you're going to need to win, I trust Tennessee far more than I do uh, Florida to to generate those. Uh, I think the Vols win in the swamp, and and I think they probably win by double digits, Blaine. Yeah, uh, official official spread on this one one more time, so I can so I can see what Vegas is uh, thinking. Just one more time, Vegas is thinking seven. 
ESPN's FPI is thinking one, SP Ooh. Plus is thinking eight, and Sagarin's thinking five. Okay. So what I'm going to say is I think that it will be a closer game. Like I said, I think uh, that Florida will find ways to extend drives and keep the ball out of Tennessee's hands as much as possible. Kind of use the same blueprint Austin P did. Now they do, they, they going to need Tennessee to drop some balls and things like they did against Austin P, but I'm picking Tennessee to win the game. But I do think being down at the swamp, it's going to be a little bit closer, but I, I think that Tennessee will do a really good job of taking Ricky Pearsall away. He's there leading receiver for Florida by far in terms of receptions. I think they will do whatever they can to take him away and at the same time bottle up that run game, make it tough, and at the end at the end of the day probably force a turnover or two and win this one. But I think it's probably a, a touchdown game, much like it was last year, even with a very, very good uh, Tennessee team last year at home. I think it will be similar uh, type of game on the road at the Swamp this year. We hope you have enjoyed our preview of Tennessee's road trip to Florida. We are going to be previewing every single SEC game this season involving FBS teams. Best way to get those is hit the subscribe button, hit your notifications, hit the like button if you don't mind, please. That helps us out. For Blaine Gilmer, I'm Chris Lee. We're Southeastern 14, and we'll see you again soon.